We welcome back now uh, our friend across the Tasman, Maggie Dent. We're talking about how to raise confident, well-adjusted girls. The author and parenting coach Maggie Dent, who's uh, also widely known in Australia as the Queen of Common Sense, is our guest. Maggie's the mother of four boys and the proud grandmother of four girls. She's a former teacher and counsellor, the host of the ABC podcast Parental Is Anything, and her latest book is called Girlhood, Raising Our Little Girls to Be Happy Hel- sorry, healthy, happy, and heard. As always, we'll take questions, send them in. Uh, Maggie, welcome back. Hey, Catherine, lovely to be back. Big topic. So, set out the, the, the key sort of parameters here. It's 2022, just checking on that. Mm-hmm. It's very different from 1982 or 1962. Um, what, however, are you looking to achieve in the raising of girls? Oh, look, I think, um, and I'm sure you heard it across the ditch, um, last year in Australia we had some really prominent um, young women expressing how, um, you know, disillusioned they were with being silent still. And um, there was this um, survey by Chantel Contos where um, so many women, mainly educated women who were at university, were actually sharing horrendous stories of, um, you know, really awful encounters with young men who have been influenced by porn. And I kept thinking, I've got these four precious granddaughters. How do we, how do we, where's the, where's the no, that's not okay voice? And what we were noticing as well, um, there is still that flavour, you know, that subtle conditioning that girls really should be nice and, um, you know, um, you know, be kind to people all the time and put others first. And I thought, we need a balance on that because sometimes there are women who are burning out because they look after all their family and all their friends and the neighbourhood and they're on the school board and they don't look after themselves. So there was, you know, it began as a bit of a curiosity thing that how can we raise them to be exactly those three things, happy, healthy and heard and being able to take care of themselves and celebrate who they are, <laughs> not because of how they look or whether they're quiet and nice it's a heck of a challenge regardless of the <laughs> well it really is they've got so many things young people have so many things going against them these yeah. days um and the exposure and the constant feedback and the constant yeah. incoming stimulus um we really got to ask ourselves what we've done to them and for them but it is what it is what are the fundamentals regardless of era regardless of environment what do you really want to help your girl think and feel about herself and express about herself? Well, I think, it, can I just go back one tiny step and go the foundation years, which are really birth to about five and six. I extended it to eight just simply because we have some of our girls who would take longer to bloom and mature. That window, I don't think we're giving it the, the kind of emphasis it needs because um, uh, in that window, we know that 90% of the brain's formed, but interestingly... A child's sense of self is formed in those five years. So, um, you know, and their self-regulating systems, how they manage big, ugly feelings, um, their physical strength, their coordination. So if they sit on couches, they don't develop it. The sense of um, how connected and safe am I in this world with the grown-ups around me. The human mind forms, Catherine. It's very different to the human brain. And then our belief systems are also shaped. So you see... If we can still can not being aware that when we say these things to little girls, and let's be honest, <laughs> I found that in the research of almost you know five thousand lovely people who responded to me, 
girls don't forget anything. And sadly, we don't forget anything negative, number one. And as I went into this book with curiosity at what is it that we can do to give them a foundation, because I've worked in adolescence for adolescence for years, where that negative voice comes up really loud there, well, it is shaped in these first few years. But I suddenly discovered there were moments in my girlhood I had completely forgotten about till I started to write the book. So um, I am absolutely aware of it. There were still clear messages that girls are supposed to be quieter and nicer and well-behaved, and they're also not supposed to do things that are considered boy-like, um, you know, massive physically, whatever, and thank goodness for our girls' soccer teams and rugby teams now and football teams. Can you see, once again, we're still getting conditioned in that window and the conditioning stays there, which shapes the behaviour we have later in life. So how can you combat it, Maggie? Because, again, yeah. even at that yes. age, a lot of it is coming <laughs> at them from other people. So what are the things you can say and do to counter yeah. it and to build up that sense of self-esteem? And actually a big one yeah. is self-worth, and they are different Absolutely. things. You are valuable. Are Your rights yeah. are exactly the same as everyone else's and no less. So what can yeah. you do, even at that young age, to get into that and, and establish a different voice inside that little girl's head? Well, the two big concern areas that I think we've really got to recognise <laughs> that are largely different to, and remember it's not all girls, it's most girls, but um, is the fact that they are in highly emotional. And I wanted to figure out where is the evidence of that. Now, this is a little bit sad, um, Catherine, because when I went to find why is it that we have such an emotional intensity? And when I started seeing my little granddaughters who could, you know, have a meltdown for an hour, I was pretty gobsmacked because none of my sons would last more than 10 minutes at tops. And I kept thinking, oh, I wonder what, what what's going on there? Um, and also sometimes um, their friendship dramas, oh, they almost come home as though someone stabbed a knife in their heart. And I thought, wow. So if we are able to help them in this window understand these things a little bit more and develop some strategies around it, then it makes it easier as we go forward in life. So I'm, I'm encouraging um, parents, particularly mums, because we get it, um, to be emotional coaches for their girls, to help them recognise that, yes, we have these big feelings sometimes, but we don't have to stay stuck in them because mood, <laughs> moods is a really big thing that came up in the survey. I think there are really there are really easy, simple things, but I think a couple of the the biggest messages to tell our girls from the get go is they are not defined by how they look, um, and that's that's really important message that who you are is a one off. There's never been a little girl like you on our earth, and we've got to work out who you are. So we've got to work out what you've already come with, and and you know ancestral lines. We know epigenetics. You can whatever we know we bring a lot from our uh, up the line but also we've got these tendencies that can be confusing so temperament or a tendency to be um more resilient than others which is the dandelion orchid kind of melting and then is she an introvert or an extrovert so when we help them work these things out we help them understand why sometimes they can't cope in a situation and i think that's what we've got to do work out who is the girl i've got how we can build her already God-given strengths 
And how can we help her with the things she's going to struggle with rather than one size fits all? I really like you talking about the physicality because I think that is so important. And the free-range childhoods that many of us enjoyed, for apart from anything else, you build build physical competence, you get all the highs (laughs) and the enjoyment of being outdoors and enjoying nature and all the things that distract you from the incoming. Um, And um, the third one is just escape me now. Oh, you you learn to spend some time alone. And this is another thing. Kids need to learn to be comfortable in their own skin, in their own time, but we've so addicted them to all this bloody stuff stuff that they're not learning that really important self-care and and, and to be comfortable with oneself. So can you go out of your way, whether they like it or not, whether they whinge and kick and moan, to build in these times because whether they enjoy it at the time or not, it will be good for them. Oh, totally. And I think... One of the, it's a kind of sad thing that we knew we needed to move, you know, from my day, um, you know, I would have been, um, you know, sent to my room, sent outside, told not to be so dramatic. I'll give you something to really cry about. So my emotions were shut down and, um, and made wrong. And it took me years to be in a bit of therapy to be able to overcome that. But you know what I'm saying? So now we've become much more aware of that. And parents are more responsive and tender and loving, but it's almost they've gone too far. So we don't want them to fall over. We don't want them to fall out the tree. And if there's a friendship issue, well, you know, there's a pretty good chance mum's going to go in and try and sort it out. Well, you don't learn <laughs> how to do it yourself. So those those moments, once again, that we, we sit with our little girls because one of the key things, Catherine, I'm sure I mentioned it when I've talked about boys before, that when they're upset, the limbic brain fires up, which is exactly what it's supposed to do. But in girls and females, the, the word centre comes next. So one of my top tips is once the glitter jar has settled, like let her really let rip, don't shut down those big feelings, Um, you know, really allow them to be. You acknowledge that she's having a tough time, but try not to tell her what she's feeling because she'll get really upset and probably have another 10 minutes. And then that last one is just, you know, I'm just going to accept this and I'm going to let her come out with the words. And often that's what we do as women when we're upset. If we've got a really good girlfriend, we'll often talk to them round and round and round and round for an hour. It's like after some of my talks, I can find groups of women in the car park 45 minutes afterwards because that's exactly what they're doing. They're talking with their friends, making sense of new information and feelings. And we need to give our girls this opportunity. I want you to learn to sit with little girls. Um, You know, sometimes after they've got a sad face, they come home from school you know, create an opportunity for her to share that if she wants to, because she's trying to make sense of a, a really intensity in, in her emotional world and the friendship stuff. Well, that's that's also got some really well, let's strong get biological into it, stuff. Because one of the right. best things that will ever happen in your life at any age is when you get yourself yeah. really good friends around you and they are second to family and sometimes they're ahead of family in supporting yeah. who you are and how you feel about yourself. How much, yep. however, can you interfere with that little madam you just want to <laughs> <laughs> oh my immigrate okay, to so another country, but however, as, yes. as in your friend group, so how do we help oh. them navigate and, and, and really maximise their chance with yep. good supportive friends while also tolerating the fact that not everyone's like that? Oh, totally. And there's one other thing I did discover, and that is that we are still biologically driven as, you know, from our earliest ancestors, that women have a tendency to tend and befriend. And um, that means if something like an, a mammoth comes roaring into where we're, where, where our site is, 
then the women will grab the children and the elderly and cluster them together like we're looking after them. We put out, you know, we always look after those, which is what we do all the time as, as mothers or, you know, really caring women. Then we do the befriend, which means we need to have some a group of women or an alliance with which to help us feel stronger and support is exactly what you said. But at different times, um, excluding people from our friendship alliance because we're annoyed or we don't like the colour of the dress when they're little girls um, can be really painful and yet not intended to be terribly hurtful. Do you see what I mean? But we can make it bigger than it was. So one of the key messages in the um, book is I, I teach parents how to be the friendship coach. There's three levels to the, the, the narky stuff. Um, the first one is that you'll have a spark. So someone will come home and say, oh, so-and-so didn't like my hair today and, you know, she was being mean. Well, no, she just didn't like your hair and the honesty hurt. We're all, we're all there. Second one is, the, is um, a flame, which is a bit bigger than that. Someone said I can't play with them today and it made me, my heart feel sad, which is exactly what girls will say. Um, and we just we don't want to go in and tell her what to do. That's the, you know, as soon as we start stepping in, we're not letting her work out how to navigate that. We listen and listen and we may be able to offer something after she's worked it out herself. But where do we step in? When there's a roaring fire and it's turned into nasty relational aggression or bullying and then we work out strategies around that. And I think there's a couple of other points around friendships. A really good one I got from um, one of the people I researched is, have your daughter draw a friendship tree on, on the back of a bedroom door and show that she's got these friends in her school environment. She's got all these crazy cousins who are also her friends. There's kids in the street. There's the ones in the swimming club. So what she looks at visually is that there are lots of people who could be classified as friends and, and so that if one at school says, I don't want you to be my friend anymore, um, we will teach her some one-liners to cope with that. But in her mind, that's just one. It's when you have the bestie, you know, we think it sounds like great, but, oh, it can break your heart and you won't ever forget it. Meg, Maggie Dent, uh, our guest, you're listening to Nine to Noon on RNZ National. Let's talk about social media. One emailer has just come in and said, what do you make of Jonathan, I'm never sure whether it's height or hates views, zero access to social media before 16 to 18. Depression in girls seems very closely linked. The problem is, Maggie, that so much of their lives now is lived this way. We've really got to help them learn how to navigate it as much as anything. But what's your view on just, you know, pushing it back as far right, as possible? Sorry. That really, really clear about this. Like, this is mainly our small screen world. So there's nothing wrong with I'm still sorry. TV, especially TV without ads and good quality kids programs, it's not going to harm your kids. And I really would love them in front of that. Um, we've already started noticing that there's fat shaming happening in early childhood over here in Australia, girls getting called fat and ugly. Um, you know, that's kind of that stuff. You learn it. No girl, you know, knows how to do this unless she's seen it or heard it. So I think it's... I would say, no question, because of the displacement effect of um, sitting with handheld devices, because you don't move and your head's in a certain direction, we've had a massive increase in myopia, not just a drop in gross and fine motor skills, but kids aren't playing with other kids as much. So they don't play as well. Now, the best way that Mother Nature wanted us to create our kids to learn how to socially, emotionally get on with others is to play with multi-age children um, cross-gender children in situations where there is a parent within a blood-curdling scream away. 
So if we prioritise that, we can have some around the edges. But the thing with up under six is it needs to be something we interact with. In a, You choose exactly what they do in that space, you know. And there are times I end up watching Bluey on, on a phone, you know, when one of my uh, littlest ones is deciding to be very difficult. Um, so as we get older, you're exactly right, Catherine. This is the world that they're going into. And one of the things that came up in the chapter about sexualization is um, it's often in the handheld device that they start to see more sexualized advertisements and things that are shaping a girl to think she needs to look that way and as soon as possible. So if you're careful with what you're doing, how she accesses, what she can get into. Now, I'm going to show you something that's really, really frightening. I didn't know about capping and a um, policeman who works in child protection, you know, He's come across this now where girls, um, particularly girls, there are some boys, but girls aged five to seven have access and are being able to, in some apps where there's not the security that's been set up, are being um, groomed by um, sexual predators and they can argue and they boast in some of their online spaces that it takes them 10 minutes to get a girl to take a photograph of her private parts and send it to them. And then what they do after that, they say, if you don't send me more, then I'm going to tell, tell your mum and I'm going to show the photo. So these little girls, their innocence has not only been shattered, they've been manipulated because they were also being nice. Um, can you see where the, there's a darkness in that? So I think when we get to know that there's a potential darkness, absolutely. However, I jump on, there's a YouTube video somewhere there that teaches me how to draw fantastic unicorns with my granddaughters. So it's about what are we doing with it and how are we monitoring it and leaving it as late as possible is a great idea, um, you know, but I'd probably think, you know, for the tween girls, that's where all their social interactions come, but we need to teach them over and over again about being respectful and responsible digital citizens and that the nastiness that goes online, that we have strategies that we can do things that, that, you know, we can block it and stop it and get those people to be accountable. It never gets any easier, does it? And sometimes it feels <laughs> like it just gets harder. Thank you, Maggie. Thanks very much, Maggie Dent. And the latest book is Girlhood, Raising Our Little Girls to Be Healthy, Happy and Heard.